You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Have you ever felt like redecorating your entire house just to make a piece of art fit in with the rest of your space? That's pretty much the feeling I had when I saw the amazing pendant lights from KAC Studios. Although Corky creates all sorts of beautiful work from paintings to functional housewares, his take on making the everyday extraordinary is what caught my eye. Hi, Corky. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I originally saw your work on Amazon Handmade, and I fell in love with the colors, glazes, and most of all, the super unique designs. Can you tell us about your business, KAC Studios? My work is unique. I try and make things that are very unique and you can't find anywhere else. And I make small production runs on my work, so there's not a large volume of stuff. And I started incorporating wood now into my pieces, so there's always a companion wood piece with the ceramic piece. I did notice that you had some pieces that included wood bases and wood tops. Do you also do all of the woodworking? Yes, I do. I make everything uh, in my shop myself uh, from start to finish. I design the products. I make the molds. I do the firing, the glazing, and all the wood cutting. And how did you pick up these skills? Was that something that you studied or learned when you were younger? Well, I've always been an artist. I started out just being a fine artist doing painting. I don't know, about 10 years ago, I decided that I wanted to learn how to do ceramics because there was some ceramic sculptural work that I wanted to do as an extension of my fine art. I did that for a few years, and then as I, as I learned how to do ceramics, I started making pieces that were sculptural but functional pieces. Right. And that led me into doing, I kind of liked it, and then people liked the work that I was doing, and they wanted to buy it. And so it kind of started out more as an art project. And then as people were more interested in buying my functional pieces, I started designing more and then adding more. And then that led into actually doing a business. In essence, when you were giving people or showing people your pieces, they were telling you that they liked them. I feel like that's always the easiest way to test the market to make sure that your pieces are going to sell when you eventually do open that shop. So I think that's a great way to get started. Yes, uh, that kind of feedback is really important. And uh, um, I'm always uh, trying my products out on people before I actually start making larger batches of it. I also make these products for myself. I design things that I like in my own sense of design and that I would use myself and then put it out for people to comment. I get inspired by different things. Sometimes it's things that I see. Sometimes it's like a color or texture of something. And I'm always sort of looking for a product that has a need, like, you know, um, things that I may use around the house, but don't look good or, or don't function properly, or it could be better or more aesthetically pleasing if it looked like this, or um, it was this uh, size, or it came with a tray and you know, so I started thinking about things. Well, you know, I'm, I'm working on an, a new oil and vinegar set that comes with a tray for dipping bread and stuff into. And it's something that I like doing myself. And I thought, well, how is this going to really function? How can I make it easy for 
someone to have this and use it uh, and not be cumbersome and be aesthetically pleasing so you can just leave it out. And that's kind of how my process works. It's kind of random sometimes, but sometimes I see something and I go, oh, you know, that would work so much better if we just do this or change that or, you know, do some interesting glazing on it. Mm -hmm. It kind of works itself out. I try, I do a lot of tests. I do a lot of prototypes. I do, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Then I end up with something. I love that you design from a need to make things both appealing and functional. My favorite piece is your ceramic jug with a wood stopper. It has the shape of an old gas can, but it's beautiful enough to leave out. Yeah, I like to. I like my work to um, be aesthetically pleasing, so people can actually leave it out, and it's something that kind of has an art value to it as well as a functional value. Yes, I love that about your pieces. It's nice to be able to keep them out on display. How did the bolt lighting fixture come about? It's so unique and realistic. That was one of my first projects, um, by the way. The paper bag was the first thing that I actually did that um, I learned how to do ceramics on. And then the second project was the bolt. I always wanted to do something industrial. The original idea was going to be a bolt vase, and I did a bolt vase and a bolt light. I've always had the idea in the back of my head, but I was never really sure how to actually execute it. It took me several molds and several tries. I actually bought a bridge bolt from a company that makes bolts, and the bolt itself weighs like 40 pounds. Um, oh. It's a solid steel bolt, and I use that to to cast to make the mold. When I made the bolt a vase, I actually realized that I could actually make a bolt light out of it as well. And by just turning it upside down, cutting the hole on the other side, that was actually a big seller for a while. The bolt ended up being like a bigger seller. I was selling a lot of those on both uh, Amazon and some of my other sites. Uh, so, and then I started doing other products after that. So that kind of actually, that was even before I, I started the business. It, w- it was a project that I wanted to do for myself. And then that kind of launched the business because as people were interested in buying them and they're buying them like not just one or two, but they buy like three or four at a time. And so that got me more interested in setting up a business where I can actually do this. It's the kind of piece that makes me want to redecorate my whole house. And that glaze makes it look like a rusty old bolt. It took me a while to get that right combination to make it feel like it was an old rusty bolt. And also the aesthetic value uh, for the vase is you can just leave it on your counter and it looks kind of cool. And how did you get the idea for the manhole covers? The patterns are so interesting. That's another project that I've always wanted to do. And uh, I, I've decided that, well, I'm gonna, since I live in L.A., uh, I'm going to walk around and I'm going to take the designs off of like the typical but aesthetically pleasing manhole covers and and create little coasters. Those are actually made of, of bronze. So I basically photographed them and then I copied the design and uh, made plastic versions of them that I then turned into bronze versions. I don't do the casting myself because I don't have a foundry, but uh, I do the uh, patina myself. And so the patina part of it is trying to make it look exactly like you would see on the street. You know, it's kind of has that brownish, um, worn look and it has uh, various colors, you know, the kind of weathering look that 
that I try and capture in it. So that that's all done by by me in the studio. And do you think you'll do other cities? Yeah, well, the plan was to actually, uh, um, if this worked out, um, this is only a limited set of 100. Uh, my next city was going to be New York because that's my home city. That's where I grew up. I already have the designs picked out, so I'm going to get ready and actually start uh, producing those. And then my original plan was to do Tokyo, which has an incredible amount of creative uh, manhole covers. I mean, they're, some of them are even in color. Um, they have really cool designs. They're very pictorial. I want to do Tokyo and then, you know, and then maybe do Paris. It's great that you have an eye for looking at everyday objects as art. So what is a typical day like for you? So what I do is I get up in the morning, do my thing, do my Pilates, whatever. And then I, I live two blocks from my studio. I walk over to my studio and do whatever needs to be done, whatever, like if I need to get something ready for glazing and stuff like that. And so I'll work there for like two or three hours and then come back home and I may work on a project at home. I have a home studio as well for my painting, you know, kind of depending how things go and the demand and like what uh, timetables that I need to make, I go back and forth. So it's, but it's nice because I can take a break and go back, do something and then go back to my studio and then you know, take a break, go for lunch, and then go back. It's kind of like a day-to-day can be different, but it, consistently, it's first thing in the morning, I go to the studio first. There's nothing like having a schedule that you create all around something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to start your own business? Was it something that you thought about when you were younger? No, I was uh, working most of my adult life, and uh, I, was, I was a designer, and I worked for... Uh, ABC Disney. So I did that, but I always did art on the side. And um, I decided at some point about 10 years ago to leave and just, I wanted to concentrate on my own art. And it was just really about doing art. I didn't even think about starting a business. Once I started getting into the ceramic side of it, the studio where I was learning to do ceramics would have their annual sales shows, you know, where people put out their work and People come by and look at it and comment and buy and stuff like that. And as I was doing that, I was like, it was interesting to see people's reactions and the things that they would buy. And that started making me think, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing this full time. I always enjoyed designing and making products and like the whole process. I really like from beginning to end because it's so, it's like, I have total control over it, and so I can make things that I like. And if I, you know, if people don't like them, that's fine too. But it's really pleasing myself. And but then I thought, oh, well, if I'm pleasing myself, I could be pleasing other people. And I set up a website. I started listing on uh, Amazon and uh, house design, and you know, so I started like kind of doing a test market to see like what kind of reaction I would get. Would people really buy? And it kind of snowballed into just selling more and more and it kind of the realization that, yeah, I can make this into a business. What has your experience been like selling on a big platform versus your own site? Um, well, a, a big platform has its advantages because they um, uh, reach more people. Uh, the, the challenge with having your own site is you have to market it. You have to do some paid advertising and stuff to get people there. I've hired people to help me do that. And I found that for me, it hasn't been as successful as being on a site that's already got its own 
traffic, you know, that people go and they're looking for things. And I still prefer to sell directly from my own site, but I sell in galleries and stores as well. And I actually use the galleries and stores as sort of a little test market. I put stuff out that I don't necessarily have on my website yet. And I kind of see if people would buy it and uh, what the reaction is. And based on that, then I might do a bigger run and put it on my website and then list it on all the other bigger site platforms. But it is a challenge. The marketing part when you when you have your own uh, website is really a challenge. I'm trying to do it organically. I'm not in any rush to kind of like be this big, you know, entity. I kind of just want to uh, slowly get out there and test the markets and kind of see where I want to be and kind of products that I want to do. So it all still feels like it's evolving. Are you ready to start your online website, but not sure who should host it? Let me tell you who I recommend to absolutely everyone. I love SiteGround. As someone who is not very techy and has many questions, I've come to appreciate their award-winning support team. They are top-notch and available 24-7. They've answered every question that I've had within minutes. Getting your site up and running will be a breeze. Click my link in the show notes and start your online journey today. Now back to the show. And how long have you been on Amazon? Uh, It's been, I think, about a little over three years. And how long have you had your own website? About four years, closer to five, but... I agree with you. It has its advantages to be on a big platform, especially when it comes to the marketing aspect. And you're not the first person to say that they test the market at their local events before listing online. That's a really great tip. This way you only feature your best sellers online and you don't waste any time and money on fees for items that maybe don't sell so well. Yeah, and, I, and um, I'm, always, I'm always being asked uh, about um, or being invited to join these. There's a lot of new websites coming up. One that I recently, tr- there are two that I recently tried. One, one is called fair.com. It's specifically for retailers. It's a wholesale site, so people go there to buy for their store. And that seems to be working out. I, I seem to be getting a fair amount of uh, traffic off of that site. And there's a new site that came up, which is a bridal registry site that only wants to offer handmade items for their clients. And so that quite hasn't, it just started like maybe a few months ago. So I don't really know how that's going to work out. It's good to try different things and see kind of what works. You know, that I always believe that, you know, there's going to be one or two things that are just going to click and things will happen. and it'll it'll work out. There's so many sites coming up right now. It's really hard to tell which ones are really going to make it and which ones aren't. You're right. You never know who the next Etsy is going to be. Yeah, I mean there you know, it's like um it's almost like all these little startups that are that are getting into the game and I think uh handmade is really big right now. People want things that are not mass produced. They're unique. I ma- I try and make things that you really can't get anywhere else. You can get an olive jug um, somewhere, but you're not going to get an olive jug that looks like mine. Uh, everything that I design and make, uh, I make it to be as unique as possible. So it might serve the same function as something that you can get somewhere else, but it's not going to look like anything that you, you get um, somewhere else. And if I do mugs, 
Um, I make my mugs that are that come with a wood tray and a, a built-in spoon, so you can actually take the spoon, like remove it from the tray, and then mix your coffee and cream, and then uh, you know reuse the spoon. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a set, and you can't get that anywhere else. So it's sort of like I have to have a unique element to it that you can't find anywhere else. Your pieces are definitely a work of art. They're a statement piece that can be used daily. I love the mugs with the swirl pattern. They're so pretty. Thank you. How did you come up with KAC Studios? It's actually my monogram of my full name. And uh, I actually developed a logo from, it was my artist's mark from my fine artwork. And I kind of liked it visually. And I'm sure I could have come up with a more catchy name. Uh, I wanted something very simple and visual that would stand out as a mark uh, and that I could put on my products that would be recognizable. And so I decided to just stick with my initials as my uh, business name. That's perfect. As a small business owner, what has been the biggest struggle that you've had to overcome? Um, I think the biggest struggle is really what, what I talked about earlier, which is the, is the marketing aspect of it. And also um, looking for, I've been trying to find like a, a rep. I don't have the personality to really go out and sell my work, but I'm trying to find a rep that can represent my work and take it out to some of the um, places to get it placed. And so finding someone who can help in that respect has been difficult. The other bigger, biggest um, challenge is really being uh, able to actually get in touch with reps. A lot of reps don't, for stores, uh, don't actually want to talk to you. They want to talk to your rep. You have to find a rep that has an in with a store buyer that might be interested in your stuff. So that, that's been a challenge as well. As I do sometimes get rep contacts in stores that do buy handmade stuff and buy it in small quantities, they never get back to you. I t- just breaking through that wall has been somewhat difficult. I do understand. And it does kind of feel like they don't want to be contacted sometimes. Well, not only that, it takes so much time. I like spending my time like designing and making things. But then having to do with any small business, having to do the, the marketing and the business side of it takes just as much time. And um, it takes away from you know, the creative side, I can always hire people to help with production and stuff like that when I have a bigger run on items and stuff like that. But the business side, I really can't do that or haven't been able to develop it enough to do that. So I end up having to do it myself. So it ends up being uh, challenging in terms of the demand on my time. Especially if you're trying to keep up with social media, taking pictures, managing your email. It's a lot. Yeah. What keeps you motivated on a daily basis? Uh, my motto has always been, you know, if I enjoy what I'm doing and I love, you know, being able to make things that people like. And as long as I have that feeling, I'll continue to do what I do. But the challenge is not to make it feel like work, to make it feel like it's a more of a passion. and. Uh, as long as I can keep up the passion, I'm going to continue doing it. That's great. I love waking up and asking myself, what do I get to do today? Enjoying what you do makes it easier to reframe the having to do into getting to do. Mindset is so important. Otherwise, it just becomes another job. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, I spent many years at a job, which, you know, 
was a job. And mm -hmm. this is for me. So it has to be coming from the inside out. It has to be my passion is what drives me and gives me the energy to do what I want. That's really important. What has been the best part of owning your own business? The freedom to really decide, you know, how I want to conduct my my life and my time and, you know, surround my, myself with the things that I like doing. I mean, a small business doesn't mean that you have to, you know, be a slave to any particular industry. I think it's if you're passionate about it, um, it kind of drives itself and, and gives you the momentum to move forward. That's true. I do love the freedom. I think that's one of the biggest perks that I enjoy most. Yes. Being able to set your own day, your, your own um, schedule, and not really having to answer to anybody. And what advice would you have for others wanting to start their own handmade business? I'd say uh, start small, be patient, just uh, don't have huge expectations um, right away. Focus on the creative and what you want to make. And it, I think as long as you take it steady and slow, it'll be successful. I think people who kind of rush into it with big expectations, you know, and little patience will uh, be eaten up by it and kind of be disappointed. So I think it's just really take it slow, focus on the product test market it, get it out there, see what people think. And, you know, the important thing is you can get your own website out there at little cost and just have it up there. It's important for people to see it and then grow it from there. I mean, start from your own website and uh, put your products up there and just take it slow. Those are great tips. And where can we find you? I have a studio down in downtown in the Arts District and uh, people can come by by appointment. Uh, only because it's not it's not a storefront. If they want to come and look at stuff in person, they can uh, make an appointment and uh, come by, and I'd be happy to show them the work and how I make things and stuff like that. So um, I'm usually there every day. But uh, you know, as I said, if people make an appointment, it uh, will be easier for me to um, be there when they want to come by. <laughs> Perfect. And how about online? If we're not going to be in LA. Oh, online, it's uh, kacstudios.com. Um, and you can also find me on Amazon Handmade and House Design, although not all my products are on those sites. Uh, but all my work is obviously on my website. Thank you so much, Corky, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another talented handmade CEO sharing the passion that it takes to run a small business. It's common that small business owners struggle with the marketing aspect of their business. In many cases, creative entrepreneurs find that marketing is their biggest struggle. It's hard to find a happy medium between marketing, listing, emails, shipping YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, and providing great customer service, all while being creative. If I could offer advice in this arena, I would say that you don't have to be on every platform. And I would also consider hiring someone who is good at the things that you don't like to do or that you don't have time to do. There are a lot of great resources like LinkedIn, Fiverr, and Upwork. If you don't feel like you're able to hire someone, the next best thing is to carve out a few hours a week to do that specific task that you dread doing. With time, you'll get better at marketing, posting, listing, or whatever it is that you dislike. 
There are so many artists that would benefit from a talented salesperson making calls to buyers. So if that sounds like something that you're naturally gifted at doing, I would highly recommend getting in touch with local artists. I bet this could be a side hustle that would benefit both your income and that of a local artist. I'm sure it would be a fruitful partnership. Check the show notes for links to today's episode. Corky is offering 20% off on his products with the code HANDMADE20. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job.